Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Conzin from The Art of Intimate Marriage here at K. Bright. And last broadcast, we talked about empathy. And some people do kind of wonder, what does that have to do with a show that's on intimacy in marriage and especially sexual intimacy? And it's a very important key to help couples have a deeper, more genuine connection is building empathy between them. If you have that need, go back. You can listen to that broadcast on my on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. Go look at the podcasts there and you can see the one on empathy. Today, we're going to go from there and talk about validation, how to validate one another. And I'm going to explain what I mean when I say validation, because sometimes there's a misunderstanding. The bottom line is, though, why is empathy and understanding, why are they important to the sexual relationship? Well, couples can have sex. In fact, sometimes it's easier to just go ahead and just have sex than to work on how to be connected through sexuality, how to really enjoy and have a fulfilling, a mutually fulfilling sexual relationship. When couples are not feeling emotionally connected and when they're not feeling close in their marriage, it affects the level of satisfaction in the sexual relationship. So this isn't like a whole separate topic. It's actually very involved with sexuality. I do tell couples, if you want to improve your sexual relationship, start first with your emotional connection and your verbal connection and your ability to have empathy for one another. So I'm going to define validation for you. Literally straight out of Webster, validation is making something valid. Haha, there you go. Which means that it's well-grounded, that it's justifiable, that it's relevant, that it's meaningful, that it's logically correct. You'll notice there's certain words missing from that definition. It doesn't say that someone's right validating someone doesn't say, doesn't mean you're saying to them that they are right. It means that their view, their feeling, their emotion, their, their perspective is, is well-grounded. It's justifiable. It, it makes sense. And when you validate someone, you're saying to them, you're important to me. You're important enough that I'm going to really listen and care about your viewpoint. Validation says you're important. I care about you. It's a big piece in what makes couples feel like they have really healthy conflict resolution. If they can get to the point where their spouse makes them feel that their view is valid, then all of a sudden, whew, all right. And the need to, we have to agree, isn't even there. It's like, you understand, you get me. That's what validation is. It says, you get me. And so I'll use various words to describe this. I'll use the word empathy. I'll use the word understanding, validation. I kind of use them interchangeably. 
And you may wonder, so where does this come from biblically? And I do think it's important that we understand, is this got a biblical foundation behind it? So when you look at Proverbs 4, verse 7, you get a very bottom line fundamental truth. And that is, though it cost all you have, get understanding. To genuinely understand someone is expensive. (laughs) It costs a lot. You have to get out of your shoes and get in theirs. And you usually have to set aside a lot of your own feelings and thoughts in order to have empathy for the other, in order to validate them. And so it is expensive emotionally to validate somebody. I love how in Proverbs 20, verse 5, you can turn there. In that scripture, it says, The purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, and a man of understanding draws them out. So this is another foundational piece to the work that I do with couples and helping them validate one another is that it takes this patient drawing out in order to understand the purposes of your spouse's heart. In order to have to make your spouse feel like you understand, it's vital that you want to understand. Take some time. The next time you have a conversation with your spouse, if you're feeling like you want to defend yourself, if you're feeling like you need to explain yourself, or if you're feeling like you really disagree with them and everything they're saying and you just barely can tolerate listening, if you're in that spot of, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going to be able to validate them no matter how many times you say, so what you're saying is, you're not going to be able to genuinely hear them. I, I always recommend if you're in a spot where you can't set aside your own stuff to hear the other, to hear your spouse, then go take a timeout for yourself and get yourself there. Timeouts are pretty important. We're going to talk about them way more in another broadcast, but take the time to go pray, to go talk to a friend, to go look at some scriptures, to go sing a song, to go for a walk and get yourself to where you genuinely want to understand your spouse. Because only then when you do try to draw them out, will you be able to ask the kind of questions that are coming from that genuine place of, I want to understand how you're feeling. So wives, ask yourself, the next time you're asking your spouse questions, are you asking them from the heart of, I want to understand his perspective. I'm not going to try to prove my view here. I want to understand his. And so my questions, my drawing out is coming from that place. Husbands, ask yourselves, the next time your wife is speaking, are you in that spot of, I really want to uh, get in her shoes and understand what she's feeling. Like I want to understand. I want to see her perspective. If you're not in that spot, go take some time. I, I tell people, let your spouse know, I really want to hear you. And I can find myself, you know, reacting to what we're talking about. So let me, let me take some time away. Let me take a time out and let's come back to this. Let's talk about it in like 30 minutes. Let's talk about it after dinner. Always put a time on it. So you may need to get some help to get yourself, get your heart to that place of genuinely wanting to hear, to have that mindset of Proverbs 20, being a man of understanding that draws the other out. My other favorite scripture to explain validation is in Proverbs 58, verse 9 through 11. 
And so give me a moment here because I want to read it straight to you. So turning to Isaiah 58, starting about midway through verse 9, it says, If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. When you apply this scripture, so this is Isaiah 58, 9 through 11. When you apply this scripture to marriage, I love that last part. You will be like a well-watered garden. Often couples come to me and what they actually feel is that their marriage is a desert, that they're, it's dry, it's feeling lonely. They feel like roommates living in the same house together. And when they read this passage, you will be like a well-watered garden. There's that feeling of hunger and thirst to have that, to be that well-watered garden with the spring whose waters never fail. Well, God gives some direction on how to get there. The first thing he says in verse nine is, do away with the yoke of oppression and with the pointing finger. When I first started really looking to see what the Bible had to say about validation, I thought in and of myself, well, that's kind of like the opposite of validation. The opposite of listening is kind of that finger pointing thing we do. When your spouse is sharing their thoughts in your mind, you're coming up with your answer and you're saying, yeah, but you. Okay, so that's thing, the finger pointing. I understand that. However, I feel like that's the going back and forth that occurs in conflict. Well, in verse nine here, it says, if you do away with that pointing finger, there's actually a scripture with the word pointing finger in it. I was kind of blown away by that personally. If you do away with the pointing finger and instead, verse 10, spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and satisfy their needs, then your light will shine. So what does he mean if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry? Well, if you'll remember, uh, Proverbs chapter four, verse seven said that though it costs all you have, get understanding. It's expensive to understand one another. Uh, spouses are often hungry for this. They're hungry to have their spouse understand them. And here it even says in verse 10 that you're going to have to spend yourself on behalf of your hungry spouse. You're going to have to pay that cost in order to Give them understanding. The funny thing is when you spend yourself, give forth all your energy to understand, he says your light will rise and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you and he will satisfy your needs. That's in verse 11 and strengthen your frame. It's one of those things that we know so well in the scriptures about how when we do something for God or for someone else, God meets our needs. Think about it this way. When you are having a conflict with your spouse and they're sharing their view with you and inside you're like, no, but you just, but okay, well, what do you want me to do? And how am I supposed to do it different the next time? And why are you, you know, and you have all these internal responses. 
Boy, it takes a lot of effort, right, to keep those things and then say them back. And it's all this energy towards you want them to understand you. You want your spouse to get you. So then you come back with, that's the pointing finger, you come back with your own stuff and all that energy to get them to understand you. If instead, I think of it like a people that take spinning classes, that furious pedaling, right? If you would use that energy instead of trying to get them to understand you, switch it, turn that energy into understanding them. This is Philippians 2 put into practice, considering them better than yourself, putting your focus on, I want to understand my husband. I genuinely want to understand what's challenging about his work? What's challenging about the way I just talked to him? What's challenging about things with our kids? I want to understand my wife, the pressures that she's feeling, the sadness that she's feeling, whatever. I want to understand. If you take all the energy that you would normally use to defend yourself and use it instead to listen and draw your spouse out, then you can have that well-watered garden, that spring that's waters never fail. So this is the scriptural background to validation. And after a brief um, information moment here, we're going to get into some of the specifics of validation. I do want to let you know that if you have been listening to this program and it's bringing up questions, please go ahead, send me an email. It's okay. I would love to hear from you. <laughs> Send me an email to jenniferconzen at yahoo.com. My name, no dots, dashes, nothing. My name at yahoo.com. And I will answer you. And I will bring it up on the radio station if that is what you would like, because I think that would be super helpful. Feel free. Send your questions in. You can get more information as well on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage. It's got the previous broadcasts from this show on there, and it's got some other information on the blog there, and it has a link to my book, The Art of Intimate Marriage. You can also donate if you want to support this program. So you can go onto the website, theartofintimatemarriage.com, and get some more information and uh, help us get the word out more. So let me go back into, we've explained what the scriptural foundation is behind validation. Let me actually tell you what validation isn't. Validating someone else is not saying that they are right and you are wrong. That is not what it is. It's not saying that I agree with you. It's also, honestly, (laughs) validation isn't about facts. Sometimes people have feelings and emotions and they're just not connected to facts. So validating your spouse isn't saying that they've got all their facts on straight. Sometimes people get very distracted by, but that's not what really happened. And they want to clarify the facts. And it ends up distracting from the connection that can happen. When people decide to take the time to really validate one another, they end up in the middle of conflict, having a connection through even the pain that they're feeling and expressing, the frustration. You can, conflict can actually create connection. If your goal is to do whatever you can to hear and validate your spouse. So what is validation? I think I just want to reiterate. It's about saying you're important. It's saying you're so important. It's more important than proving that I'm right. Um, It's about saying, I get you. I respect you. You're not alone. 
you, my wife, you, my husband, you're not alone. I respect you. I, I want you to be heard. I want you to feel respected and understood. That's what it is. The reality is, though, we have a lot of roadblocks to really validating one another. Sometimes people are concerned if I really tell my spouse what I'm thinking, they'll take advantage of it or they'll use it against me. And maybe that's actually happened. Um, other people, actually, the very first couple that I did validation with, the husband said to me, I do not talk this way. This is way too flowery. I'm not this touchy feely. I don't like this. It takes way too much time. This is going to take forever. If I really listen to everything and validate everything she's feeling, our conflicts are going to go on forever. And if I agree, you know, she's going to take advantage of it. So this was, you know, the very first husband that I worked with this particular piece of work called validation. And I, I hear that actually a lot um, with every couple. And the thing I tell couples is, well, I get that. You may not naturally be this way. However, give me some time. Let's practice this. Let's practice it a few times and see if you don't have a different experience. Initially, I'm going to kind of lay out some rules. Initially, validation does feel a little scripted, a little stiff, but most people that really start putting into practice start feeling, oh, okay, and they start using their own language. Remember, the goal is to understand and to feel empathy. So I'm going to, in the next few minutes, give you a very brief, you can look at this in much more detail on my website, a brief understanding of the process of validation. I actually teach people rules. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what the rules are. I have rules not just for the person listening. And you may be thinking that because it's about understanding, right? It's just about the person listening and I need to validate my spouse. But it's also about the speaker. If you're the one expressing yourself, there may be ways that you need to change how you say what you're feeling. So let me give you some rules. And I, <laughs> they actually spell the word oink. So now you will never forget them. O-I-N-K. The O is of these rules I'm giving you for validation is one issue, one moment. That's the actually the, the O, one issue, one moment. When you're speaking to your spouse, don't kitchen sink it. Don't throw in what happened last week and the week before and the week before. Just on Friday, when you came home and you said this, I felt just that moment and that issue. The problem with bringing in a ton of other things, it, it will flood somebody. It will make them feel like, you know, we talked about in the empathy broadcast about reflecting. And we're going to talk about that again in a minute. It's very hard for someone to reflect what you're saying if you're flooding them with a ton of information. So keep it to one issue, one moment. This usually helps those who are in it. Sometimes it's the wife and sometimes it's the husband who's the big talker. They say lots of words. I always think about Proverbs 10, verse 19, that says, when words are many, sin is not absent. There's a reason why I have that scripture memorized, because I am a person of many words, and it floods people. They stop listening after a while. So keep it. When, when words are many, something's, something's not right. So I have to shorten my own sentences in order to, to be heard. So watch your one issue one moment. And then when you're sharing, this is a very typical active listening skill. Keep it to I statements. Now people can say I statements and they're not really I statements. Like I feel like you don't even care. Well, that's not an I statement. That's an attack <laughs> said with the word I. 
versus saying, I feel unloved, or I feel hurt, or I felt small, or I felt disrespected. Those are emotions you feel regardless of how the other person meant to respond to you. So it's, it sometimes is difficult. Eyes can sound attacking. So be aware that you want to stay with your feeling and not what you wish they felt or how you wish they responded. I statements are sometimes hard because sometimes people don't know what they feel. I do have a list in the back of my book on emotions. You can look them up anywhere. Emotional words to use because it can be hard to figure out what emotion you feel. So that's the I statement. The other thing is when you're talking to your spouse, do it. This is the N of oink. Do it with no blaming, no assuming, no accusing. You, you can't really tell somebody, I know you were angry because you don't know if they were angry. You know, you can't get inside someone's head, inside their heart and figure out what they were feeling. You, you can't get inside of them. You can't assume their emotional state or even their motivation. Often where conflict gets problematic is when the spouse assumes why somebody did something. Well, you did it because that's an assumption. So when you're sharing how you feel, you got to do it without any assumption or blame or accusation. And then kind of to reiterate the, the O of one issue, one moment is the K of oink, which is keep it short. So O is one issue, one moment. I is I statements. N is no blaming, assuming, accusing. And K is keep it short. That's, I tell folks, you know, two to three sentences. Don't flood your spouse. The reason for that is, well, there's multiple reasons, but one is that the spouse who's supposed to be validating you needs to be able to reflect what you're saying. So now we've done the speaker part, which is O-I-N-K, and we're going to go to the validator, which spells R-A-C-E, race. So the speaker is oink and the validator is race. I joke about it being the pig races like here at the Del Mar Fair. So now you'll never forget this mnemonic, right? The validator does R reflect? R, the first part of race is reflect. And we, we, re, we did that with when we reviewed empathy, how to have empathy. And that's just simply telling your spouse, ah, so when I came home on Friday and I said this, you felt. That's a simple reflection. Then the spouse who's listening, who's going to be doing the validating, the A of race is ask questions. This is vital. This is very much about Proverbs 20, verse 5, where um, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters and a man of understanding draws them out. Asking questions is saying, well, it comes from that heart of, I really want to understand. I'm not here to defend myself. I genuinely want to understand you. So I'm going to ask questions. And you, and you have to check that. Is, is your desire there to really understand? And Honestly, when your spouse is talking to you, you may have a hard time asking questions because you're having all of these internal responses yourself. Maybe your own hurt comes up, your own anger, defensiveness. Maybe you want to fix it or you want to apologize. Apologizing and fixing and reassuring somebody, they sound really good. But if you do those things too early, before you genuinely understand what your spouse is expressing, they don't work very well. I mean, all of us have experienced it where someone has apologized before they've really understood and it doesn't feel very good. So I recommend that when you've got all these internal processes happening, when your spouse is talking to you and, and you're supposed to now start asking them questions, 
take those internal pieces. Don't ignore them. Don't shove them under the carpet. Don't zip your lip. Put them up on a kind of a, a shelf, you know, that you can see in your mind and put them up there temporarily. You may be bringing them down later. They're important. Honor them. Put them up there. You're not ignoring them, but you're just temporarily putting them aside. This is Philippians 2, considering one another better, temporarily putting them aside so that you can ask questions and find out. And the questions can be things like, so was it my voice? Was it my body language? It can be those kinds of factual, was it the words I chose? Or it can be things like, so when you say you made you feel hurt, tell me what you mean by hurt. When you say disrespected, tell me what you meant by disrespected. So that's that drawing out. Did it make you feel this? Did it seem like this? And then the validator takes that information from asking questions and confirms. It's almost like the reflection of race. So R-A-C-E, reflect is the R. C is confirm, where you say, okay, so when I came in the door on Friday and I said this, you felt this, and my body language was this, and my tone was this, and when it made you feel hurt, it was because of this. Did I get that right? That's the confirmation. And then the very last part for the validator is the E of race, which is empathy. We're going to talk about that actually in more detail later. But for now, what I'm meaning there is that you think of your spouse's words when they said, I felt small, I felt disrespected, I felt unimportant. When have you felt small, disrespected and unimportant? Not with your spouse, because then that would be finger pointing, but with somebody else in your life, maybe your parents, maybe your boss, maybe your coworker, you felt that at some point in your life. Think back to that time and say to your spouse, I think I can understand how you feel because last month, my boss, I had worked really hard on this project and I, he said this to me and I felt small and disrespected. I think I can understand how you feel. So it's simple, it's short, and it's saying this is the moment where Jesus watched that, watched that funeral go by and his gut was moved and he said, you know, it's, it says his heart went out to her, his gut was moved. When you remember your own experience, your own pain with your boss, with your mom, all of a sudden you've gone from cognitively understanding your spouse to your heart being moved. That's what we're shooting for. So today was about how to have empathy and validate your spouse. Go forth, try it out, see if it works, if it blows up. Give me a call. Send me an email. This is Dr. Jennifer Conson with The Art of Intimate Marriage. Until next time. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Conson to address here on air, email her at jenniferconson at yahoo.com. Conson is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. jenniferconson at yahoo.com. We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kanzen's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.